When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I don't bring the voice of the orders on and not talk about the orders. Come on. I said, when people are paying $3,500 for an orders ticket on a Monday... Don't talk to me about timing, cost, gas, nothing. Orders never have to worry about it. Even when your your rink's full, you just called WIN. Yeah, I yeah. Love. I mean, the playoff run that they just had, I, that you know, took them leaps and bounds ahead as far as as, far as marketing is concerned. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, a brand new week. Coming at you live from Rogers Place in Edmonton and the World Junior Hockey Championship. I don't know what day it is. I want to say day seven. I'm not sure. It is uh, the warm-up here on Game Plus Television. And we're also live streaming on YouTube. You see the smiling face of Serena Taylor, our hockey analyst. She's going to be with us for segment one and then into hour two. We've got some of our other hockey buddies coming by today. Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News and the great Dean Ducky Millard. Dean Millard, who now is hanging his hat at Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, but many, many years with Team 1260 Radio, now TSN 1260 Radio here in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of hockey talk, obviously, World Juniors. That's why you're here, as you can Absolutely. tell by the jacket. Uh, but some football talk, too, especially here in the warm-up. So those are the guests. Do you hear that vacuum going on behind us? You wouldn't, but do you? What I hear is that? it, yeah. I'm not sure. Have a look. Do you vacuum the ice? I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, I'll just say that in the coldest hockey rink known to man, Rogers Place, we're, we're setting adrift here from the shore. I'm wearing just a golf shirt and not a jacket. I'm going to see how long I can go. You're, you're bundled up. I am, and I have another jacket on top of this as well. Coldest rink known to man, but not complaining, <laughs> not complaining. Very happy to be here. Uh, can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> as we get into this on this Monday, uh, did we have a photo, Clark, that we were supposed to go through here in the photo album from our winners on the weekend, or is that later on? You want to do that? Uh, what was the gentleman's name? Do we have? We have winners here from our contest, courtesy... John and his family, John, John and his family came to Saturday's game, Canada's 5-2 win over Cheshire here. There's a look. Are those the people from the hotel? <laughs> then they stayed at the, uh, looks like the River it. Creek. It looks yes, like absolutely. it. Yes, that's them. I had no idea. They were just beside us that? in the pool the other day. And at breakfast. And at breakfast. Oh, this oh, loving yes. family having a great time. Well, I love it. They entered our contest and they won. They had a luxury suite. I didn't know those were the winners. <laughs> Wouldn't that right have been something? On. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for playing, and thank you to the World Junior Hockey Championship for putting up that suite. And everybody, as you can see, is having a great time here. 
And trust me, we will get around to CFL and NFL, and I'm actually going to lob that to you, too. So hang on. I know you can handle it. Can't I wait. wouldn't give you anything you can't handle. <laughs> but number one, Canada's going to finish its round-robin schedule at the World Juniors today with a game against Finland that will determine the top spot in Group A. Canada is 3-0. and They got nine points, while Finland has two wins and an overtime win for eight points. Austria plays Switzerland in a Group B battle of the winless in the early game here today while Germany faces Sweden in the late game. The quarterfinals start on Wednesday. We've got more tickets to give away, by the way. But, Serena, we can get into this hockey talk now. Um, Maybe the best place to start is this, our poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who has been Canada's MVP so far in the tournament? The options that we've come up with are Connor Bedard, Mason McTavish, Kent Johnson, or other. Because there's been a lot of highlights, right? Highlight-worthy goals, and we saw the Michigan goal from Kent Johnson the other day. You love the Ridley-Greg one-handed goal. Who's Canada's MVP? Mason McTavish, for sure. He... I think there's a lot of guys that are playing right now that are making a big impact every time they get on the ice. Johnson's unbelievable. Greg is unbelievable. But I think Mason McTavish, you know something good is going to happen, and he's so powerful in so many ways when he gets on the ice. I think he's, I would have to say him for sure. I know you're shocked that I voted for Connor Bedard in the poll. Yeah, so shocked. Um, Did you really? Yeah. You think he's been? Really? I think Cody Fajardo's the MVP of the Canadian Football League. I think Connor Bedard's <laughs> okay. the MVP for Team Canada. And you know me. Once you're in, you're in. Uh, so, yes, there's still a few games for Connor Bedard. I'll say this. You clearly didn't read my 10 things column from the weekend. But I said Whoops. Connor Bedard will be heard from in the fashion that we're used to being hearing from Connor Bedard by the time this tournament's over. And that's scoring clutch goals in big games, setting up clutch goals in big games. And probably Mason McTavish will, too. McTavish, I, listen, I get it. What do you have, four goals and two assists the other night? That's yeah. more points than Bedard has in the entire tournament. How much farther do you think Bedard has to go on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, how much more do you think he has to give? A lot. Absolutely. I think, listen, this is going to be unpopular opinion, but I don't think he was even close to the most dynamic player on the ice the other night. And watching the U.S. and Sweden last night, there wasn't one guy on that American team that laid off the gas the entire game. And I didn't see that from Bedard the other night. Absolutely not. There was a lot of behind the play. He doesn't like to get into the play. He doesn't like to be physical. I think he's scared to get hit. Do I think he can turn it on? Absolutely. Once they talk about the chemistry between him and Mason McTavish, and I think there's still more room to grow there, but it's like we talked about, I think there was a big difference the other night because the other day when we were talking, I said about how Wall was on that line. I'm like, if I don't see something dynamic, I think they're going to make a line change. And they did. And that made a big difference. They need someone who can hit on that line because Bedard isn't hitting anybody. McTavish can, but they need somebody to offset them. And I think that's going to help Bedard's game as well. She said it. So we'll see what happens today. Canada versus Finland, but it's interesting uh, as you see, we're getting to the end of the round Robin, I'm still going to use the old term hockey terms, okay? Old time hockey term. Getting to the end of the round Robin and you're seeing the seeding and everything right, starting to happen. And there is a darling team here. I mean, we very early on in the tournament started to love Latvia. And I think everybody's starting to love Latvia now. How could you not? That's the one game I wish we would have come and watched yesterday. The energy. When Latvia played Canada, you could see, like I was saying the other day, they played as a team. They were in the game. Even though they were 
pretty sure they were probably going to lose. They were still in the game, and look what happened yesterday. And now I think they're really jacked up to get going in the quarterfinals, and they know they have a good chance to win a quarterfinal game. Absolutely. Never been in a a quarterfinal before ever, Latvia. Have you seen a team happier than the Latvians yesterday? No, and initially (laughs) when I saw that celebration and you saw my crush, Mike Johnson, saying that he ran into them in the hallway and how excited they were. And I'm like, I hope they're not celebrating too much. But then I thought, you know what? Let them. Absolutely. Let them. They're playing with house money at this point. There's your uh, shout out for River Cree Resort and Casino. So before we move on, text World Juniors Now to 902-518-3033 to be entered to win a set of tickets to the World Junior Quarterfinals. Games 1, Game 2, the Bronze, or the Gold Medal Game. Winners will be notified this afternoon. So text World Juniors Now to 902-518-3033, and we'll see you here in the playoffs and the medal games. Uh, Serena's going to be back in hour two with more on World Juniors, but she doesn't just know hockey. Uh, Point two of the quick six here for those keeping count. The Toronto Blue Jays have lost 7 of 11 games in August, and their once secure wildcard berth has all but disappeared. The Blue Jays open a crucial three-game series tonight against the visiting Baltimore Orioles and then hit the road for four against the Yankees in three with the Boston Red Sox. Lefty Yusei Kikuchi uh, will go for the Jays tonight, while righty Kyle Bradish goes for the Orioles. Where are we on the Blue Jays here as we hit mid-August? Well, they seem to be going in spurts the last month or so. I think what's happening is they're not getting their quality starters are getting lit up early in the games and then they just can't keep up. And I think when the wheels start to fall off the tracks a little bit, it does. But if Kikuchi can have a good start tonight, I think they'll get back on track. They just have a lot of tough games coming up. They're a talented team. Fun to watch. Um, but a lot of it does depend on the pitching for sure, and it's been somewhat hit or miss. By the way, folks, the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate is back this Sunday, August 21st. The first jewel of the OLG Canadian Triple Crown of Thoroughbred Racing is North America's oldest continuously run stakes event, showcasing Canada's top three-year-old thoroughbreds. It's the highlight of Woodbine's Queen's Plate. Purchase your tickets today to enjoy all that the Woodbine Racetrack has to offer during the Queen's Plate at woodbine.com. Well, this is the CFL's number one podcast. I know a lot of people have shown up today wanting to get our thoughts on the Canadian Football League in Week 10. So here's how it shook down. It was last Thursday night. Montreal beat Winnipeg 20-17. to We put that to bed. Friday night, Hamilton beat Toronto 34-27. And uh, Hamilton came alive. I said, a star is born. Matthew Schiltz. Schiltz Creek. The backup quarterback for the Tiger Cats leading them to a win, and I would hope that he starts their next game because Dane Evans, it wasn't happening. Saturday, though, is where all the action went down. Down the highway, too, here, the Calgary Stampeders. What a, we watched the end of that one. Wild game with the BC Lions. There's not much better than watching a game live at Commonwealth while you're watching another game end in front of you. It was such an awesome doubleheader, Mm -hmm. by the way, in Edmonton on Saturday. The Canada beating Cheshire 5-2 here in the afternoon. Tons of Rough Riders fans in attendance. They just stuck out like a sore thumb in (laughs) in their rider green, of course. And then we go to Commonwealth. Watch the end of the BC Lions. I don't know if you'd call it an upset over the Calgary Stampeders. 41-40. Wild game. Went right down to the end. As soon as I saw Sean White coming out to end this thing, I'm like, oh, it's over. He's not going to miss. And he didn't. And then Saturday night, it wasn't Canada's game of the week, but it was a doozy. The Rough Riders 
scoring two late touchdowns to beat the Edmonton Elks 34-23 at Commonwealth Stadium. And I know the highlight for you was Duke Williams catching the game-winning touchdown and jumping into the fans in the end zone. <laughs> it was it was entertaining. You I love, love that, that stuff. It's awesome. Why not? I love when they get involved with the fans. But I think when we were watching the end of that uh, BC-Calgary game, everybody in that press box was saying, this game is not over yet. This game is not over yet. I think everyone had the expectation that BC was going to come back and win, and they did. Yep. Well, and the thing, the reason I said that I'm going to talk some CFL with you, and I know you can handle it, is... You were watching the same thing I was. Cody Fajardo, for most of that game, looked very uncomfortable, uh, which led me to go to Twitter and say Cody's confidence is shot. And I can't remember the term that you used. It was something along, did you say nervous, or what did you say he looked? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he just looked a little shaken by everything that was happening. He's obviously talented, and I think Saskatchewan outplayed Edmonton in that game for sure. For sure they did. Um, There was just something about him that every play, something affected him. And like we always talk about sports being such a mental game, and that's potentially what it is. But yeah, I think shaken or nervous or something was a word I used. All game he looked that way. Uh, But again, in my 10 things column on Sunday, I said Cody Fajardo doesn't, can't trust his offensive line to block for him. Then they were taking bad penalties. And then the second and long, he puts it right on the hands of Justin McInnes and he drops it. I'm not sure he trusts his offensive coordinator to make the right call. So all this Cody Fajardo hate and having to come on here every Monday and defend the guy, particularly after wins, is getting quite old for me. Riders won a must-win game. The Elks and even their own fans are upset at the Elks for giving it away a bunch of dumb penalties. Edmonton is coming, but they're nowhere near arrived yet. And the Riders are three wins cl- uh, clear of them, and they almost uh, clinched the victory, or sorry, the playoff spot with that victory on Saturday night. So that's my take on what happened in the CFL. But the other thing is, Bo Levi Mitchell dropping f bombs in the news conference <laughs> after their loss to the PC line. Look, you're laughing already. I know because she's in Florida now, and you kind of are new to this whole Bo Levi thing. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting the little bits and pieces of the story as we go along here. And so every time he comes up on the screen or every time someone mentions his name, it just I get a little bit of a kick out of it. Just basically based on his reactions to everything. He doesn't like losing. Oh, well, and fair enough. He's a competitor. I can't fault him for that, but. He's definitely closer to the John Tortorella type of life than he is not. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jennifer at the Four Seasons watching, she says, Nathan Rourke said to Bo, shut your mouth, sit down. I'll show you how it's done. I don't know if people are ever going to get over that. I don't, I don't know. know if Bo's ever going to get over it, let alone all the fans. I'm not sure. The thing with Bo Levi Mitchell is the vibe I get from people that I talk to that are CFL fans doesn't really sound like anyone likes him. So he's not exactly winning fans himself, but it's just people love to hate guys like that, too. I don't really think he cares. I don't. I wouldn't. No, uh, but when they <laughs> lose games, he comes out and doesn't give any credit to the opposition. This game, he trashed his own team. Yeah, well, neither did John Cooper and with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He refused to give the Leafs any credit when they deserved it. It's just a mind, it's a mind game more than anything. With, with Bo? John Cooper, yes, but yeah. I don't know that it is with Bo. I just, yeah, I'm not sure Bo can really handle, speaking of not handling the pressure and getting nervous. Yeah, so how about that? 
Uh, John Ohm says, I'm getting really super tired of defending Cody on Facebook. Come on, man. That's from his own supposed fans. From his own fans. She's saying people don't like Bo across the CFL. I get it. Cody Fajardo's got to be defended against from Ryder fans. Like, I don't get it. But whatever. I'm never going to get them. I, there's not going to be a quarterback in the history of the Canadian Football League that plays in Saskatchewan that doesn't have people hating on him at one point or another. <clears throat> and it, it's it's there's a just, lot of expectations. It, well, uh, yeah, you know what? Until he wins a Grey Cup, but even then, yeah. I got my guy Mike Lee here, Mighty L Mike, and he said they ran Lancaster out of town. Abs- exactly what I was just thinking when I said that. It, Ron Lancaster of all people. It's just the way it goes. They're passionate. <laughs> Neurotic. <laughs> Stay. It's your show. <laughs> uh, Don, Don, our Navy friend, says, Jeff, the Stamps fan, how are you feeling today? Wakey, wakey. Poor Where's Jeff. Jeff, the Stamps fan? <laughs> he hasn't shown up. From Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, he says, Bo hit the nail on the head. Stamps were flat in the second half and should not have lost that football game. Kid Canada worked his magic, though. Is that what we're calling Nathan Rourke, Kid Canada? We didn't even have Rod Black to come up with that one. <laughs> it sounds like a Rod Blackism, doesn't Does. it? Kid Canada. I'm telling you, until I come back up here, I don't really see how, like, like I'm as patriotic as they come, believe me. But every time I watch TSN or whatever, they have to make a reference to every Canadian athlete and point out that he's Canadian Six ways from Sunday. Mike, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. She's from Florida. And by the way, I didn't even get into the NFL stuff yet, and I will. You got to run. Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News coming up. We're only halfway through the warm-up on this Monday. We're broadcasting live from the World Junior Hockey Championship at Rogers Place in Edmonton on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-Hour Sports Radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Game day uh, here at Rogers Place. They all are. There hasn't been a day off. It gets rolling at noon, Mountain, Switzerland versus Austria, then 4 p.m., Canada versus Finland, and then Sweden versus Germany at 8 p.m., Mountain, tonight. So here's the deal. It's just me and you for a while, and uh, it's one of those what-a-day scenarios. And we talk about this being the coldest rink on the planet. I had to wear my Bet Regal gear. My word, our exclusive betting partner at the Rod Peterson Show. I'm trying to wear this golf shirt for as long as I can. We're going to dive into the text messages here. Stephen Ellis is supposed to be with us from the Hockey News. He's trapped somewhere in the Narnia that is security gates and elevators and stairs and ramps and escalators in this, the finest hockey facility on the planet. And Serena had to bolt for a while. No Stephen Ellis. So it's just me and you. And I don't know if we're into the dog days of the tournament yet in terms of people are just over it. Because I know I'm not. But I haven't been like the TSN people that have been stapled to that set over there for 12 hours a day. Forget about the three hours per game 
while they're on the air, the pre, the post, the in-between, all the rest. Like, why do you think Craig Button's looking so skinny? He's running back and forth like crazy. I can just take the camera and turn it and show you. It's just right down here. So anyways, I'm okay if you are with sitting here and having a discussion about, obviously, the World Juniors, but uh, the CFL, because you're not going to get any CFL talk when our other guests show up later on this hour. So we can delve back into Week 10. I haven't really even looked at all ahead to this week's Week 11, other than I know that the Rough Riders host the BC Lions. It's in Sask. I know the Riders are playing the Lions. There he is. There's Steven. One second. You can come in here and join me whenever you want. Uh, Yeah, it's BC at Sask on Friday, so they're going to be there for a second time already. Richard Murray, one of our contest winners, writes us and says, uh, that's weird. It was not that cold when I was at the game on Saturday. LOL. No, there was 7,000 people in here at the time. Now there's like seven, maybe eight, with Stephen Ellis joining us from the Hockey News. I'll just read a couple more text messages before. Wilf Gerhardt's watching on Game Plus TV. He is in Steinbach, Manitoba. And he says, Bo Levi mirrors his head coach in arrogance. Dave Dickinson, slightly more likable. He said, the Riders get back A.C. Leonard. Garrett Marino and Dan Clark. Go Riders. Well, we'll see if that's enough against what might be the best team in the CFL, or probably second best team behind the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, we got through a little bit of it. I was prepared to go the whole uh, show. Stephen Ellis, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Good. Security, Long time. Security was a bit of fun getting up here. What, what <laughs> happened? You have been, you've been here every day. Uh, yeah, but uh, none of the security uh, entrances were open. They were all closed. Like, one guy went on a break just as I got there, and uh, it was a fun walk up here. Why? Well, and you're sweating. <laughs> so just... It's a warm day. Take... Yeah, it's a warm Not on this rink. Not on this rink. It is freezing cold. You will be done with the sweat soon. Yes. But have you noticed, Stephen? Look at this. Look at this guy. Do you need a minute? No, I'm good. No, I feel good. Okay. Last time I saw you was on the street in Montreal. Yes, Remember when you flagged me down? NHL draft, yeah. Stanley Cup, no, no, Stanley Stanley Cup, Cup Finals. finals. Yes. yes. I yes. appreciate you doing that, by the way. I haven't forgot. Have you noticed it gets colder the higher up you go in this barn? <sighs> oh, yeah. Uh, so so I, uh, looking, I've been in a lot of rinks in the summer, so I didn't think of bringing a, a coat with me. Uh, thinking, you know, like, Edmonton weather's great. Awesome. It's summertime, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I, I've. I was quite uh, not enjoying the first few days, so I had to go find one. Uh, like a suit coat, you mean? Yeah, literally didn't bring anything. I, I bought a lot of short sleeves. I thought this would be great. No, it is so cold in this building at all times. I was telling just before you showed up that I'm trying to go as long as I can in my Bet Regal golf shirt before I throw on this jacket because I know how cold it is in <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. Okay, well, Kate, so I appreciate you coming down, by the way, man. And you do a fine job. He's with the Hockey News, the greatest hockey periodical there's ever been and ever will be. Um, do you feel that it, we've gotten into the dog days of this tournament, that it's been, been a grind, or it just goes so fast, you don't have time to feel that way? Well, when you're at the rank 14 hours a day, I could say it's definitely been a lot. But uh, yeah. no, it's been fun. It, it's been a, maybe not a ton of great games that like, will be very memorable. Obviously, a Latvia game was a lot of fun yesterday. But um, for the most part, it's been... It, we're, we're starting to get to the fun stuff. Today is where things get decided. Obviously, if no relegation round, there's a lot less stakes on the line. It's like, eight, of course, eight of the ten teams always will make it to the next round, so that doesn't change, but no team's going down. The teams are eliminated. Just go home, so it's not as fun in that part. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're getting to the good stuff. That's yeah. the part that matters. Well, for sure, and um, 
take us behind the scenes, if you will. I think the view. Well, I know I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure the viewers are too, but I'm enjoying this chat with you. Uh, you mentioned the 12, 14 hours per day. I'm not doing that. I'm in and out. I'm watching some mm-hmm. games from the hotel. I'm pacing myself. Mm-hmm. I've been to many of these. Mm-hmm. How many World Juniors have you covered? In person, this is my third. Where are the others? L from home, remotely. Oh, but, oh, oh, oh uh, Buffalo in Toronto. Yeah, Buffalo. Toronto. Which you're an Ontario guy. Yeah. So, right? yeah, the Buffalo one was interesting because instead of getting a hotel, my photographer and I drove from Toronto every single day, which is a pain in the butt. But getting home at like two in the morning and, and crossing leaving, the border and, and then leaving at seven in the morning. And it's like. So, this has been a little easier. I don't have to go anywhere. It's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like my hotel's down the street. I just kind of show up like 20 minutes before first game, stay here till final game that's it so my not really analyst questions they're more fan questions um off the top of your head and not just canada what big name stars aren't here that could be and how has that impacted the tournament well obviously you got the other guys like shane Wright, Owen power colby freddie not being here and uh maddie beneers jake sanderson in the united states uh not having russia i think really kind of matters obviously they couldn't be here that would not be the right thing but uh you could tell that as good as the, the Latvia story was, that they won one game. They're probably not going to win again. Russia would have been a medal contender, and we would have seen Matvey Mishkov. So that, that's obviously- so they're making the playoffs because Russia's not here is what you're I, telling I, They're making the playoffs because Chechia's goaltending is not good. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's something like <laughs> Latvia wouldn't have been here in normal circumstance. Uh, so that was a cool story. Um, and then, you know, Alex Holtz on Sweden was a guy I was really looking forward to watch. Uh, and so, so there's a lot of... T- top quality players. I know that's a big reason why a lot of people don't want to be here, but I think it's also an opportunity for guys to kind of show up and, and, and shine. And uh, Carter Mazar from the United States has been, for me, one of the best players in this entire tournament. I didn't think that would be the case. And that wouldn't have been the case if Matty Beniers was here. So uh, this is something where, uh, you know, a lot of top quality players, you could probably make an all-star team of the guys who aren't here. Um, but yeah. it is what it is. Of all countries combined. Yeah. I mean, well, because Yuri Slavkovsky, yeah. did you mention him? Uh, there's him, there's Simon Nemec. Uh, Slovakia, the reason why they're not playing for a medal is they had three first-round picks that all didn't show up. All right, and so, now you got to wonder if they'll be there in 2023. How has it impacted the quality of hockey? It, it's definitely hurt to a point, but at the same time, it is summer hockey. You have to temper your expectations. Um, the European teams, these guys do play a lot of international hockey in the summer. Uh, I believe like Slovakia in a normal year will play two to three exhibition tournaments. So playing in the summer is no, like that's not unusual for them. That's, that's normal. Um, but for, for teams, like I think the first couple of days were pretty rough because the guys were just trying to catch up. It wasn't like everyone got two, three exhibition games. Some teams just got one. Some got two spread over a while. Um, so it was kind of just catching up. I think it's gotten better over the last couple of days, but we've seen too many blowouts because there just are not enough competitive teams. I think when you still got the top quality players, Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland, those teams have been fun. It's the teams on the bottom. Switzerland just can't score. Uh, Slovakia obviously struggled, teams like that. So um, at the top, it's still competitive. At the bottom, I think that's when you see kind of the damage. Mm-hmm. Stephen Ellis with us from the Hockey News. And it's interesting. I don't think from our camera shot they can see the country banners, the flags hanging from the ceiling. But I was sitting with the scouts. I haven't really sat with the media hardly at all. And we were kicking around, who's that 10th country that's here because Russia's not and the scouts didn't entirely know. And somebody said, well, if you look on the one end, it's Latvia because they're the 10th flag. Mm-hmm. Those are in order. Who knew? That, that I did not know. So that's cool. They're all in but, order. Yeah. But it's cool because like, Latvia didn't even win the Division 1A tournament. So like, it, it, in theory, Russia being pulled out, it should be the team that won Division 1A. Well, that was Belarus. And they're also banned. So Latvia <laughs> really shouldn't have been here. So then winning that game was... Uh, so let me ask you this. They're in... 
I didn't even know this. Again, this is fan here, analyst there. Um, Latvia's not making any apologies to anybody, though. And you saw the celebration from them yesterday. That's got to make a guy feel good. Absolutely. This is a team yeah. that, like, let's not forget that they lost uh, Matthias Kivalankis a couple of years ago um, to, or I guess 2021, they lost him to the firework um, explosion, unfortunately. So that's a country that's gone through a lot, but they also went out a couple of years ago and beat Canada, the men's world championship. So they do have some reasons to celebrate recently. Um, we, the, I think the coolest press conference I've ever been a part of was after that game and all the players come together, they start hugging each other. There was like four or five of them all hugging, embracing each other. They were so excited. And um, Martin Slavin's number six on Latvia was just like, he, he, he was so thrilled. You look at the Americans, they win against Sweden. That's a big win. And they're like, yeah, you know, we just got to play our game, blah, blah, blah. Martin Lavins is talking about how excited he was to go eat ice cream later in the night. It's like yeah. that, that type of excitement's really cool, and you got to love it for those guys. So um, it, it's a good story. And uh, there was a lot of fans there. Like, you know, this, obviously the crowd support's not been it's outstanding in this tournament, but the Latvians are always awesome. And there was a lot of them yesterday, and it sounded like a much bigger crowd because they were there, and I love that. Have they been here through the whole tournament? Because initially there was like two people in the crowd waving a Latvian flag, and now it seems like there's way more people. I just feel like they came across the pond because they knew their team was going to make a run here. Yeah, I've been trying to fi- figure that out, but it seems like every game there's more and more. Yeah. And it's like it's really cool because you can't just go and buy like a Latvia jersey around here. That's really hard. I've tried to buy a Latvia jersey. So it's like you got to be basically from there to get one. And there's there was a quite a few yesterday, and that was really cool. So uh, they they every tournament they got great fan support. I felt bad in the 2021 World Championship. They they hosted it, but they didn't have fans. They do get to host the 2023 tournament. It is a uh, special day when our director, Jordan, weighs into the chat. Um, Jordan Blodgett wants to know, and I don't know how he says this, but he says, so uh, rumor has it, Stephen dabbles in some eye racing. Yes, it is. Do I sniff an RP show eye racing showdown? That's virtual racing for those that don't know. How would he know that? Uh, because I, I, I believe we've had this discussion before, him and I. So, yeah, he, I, I love eye racing. It's just like racing against a mix of, like, random people and then actual real race car drivers and on Monday nights I get to race with like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kyle Busch, uh, Mario Andretti from time to time so it's like some of the big names and it's a lot of fun. Let's set this up. I feel like we need to set (laughs) this up. So to the Canada team, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is who has been Canada's MVP so far in the tournament? Connor Bedard, Mason McTavish, Kent Johnson or other? Two questions to you. Stephen, did we have the top three right? Mm-hmm. And who would you vote for in that list? I'd say, yeah, the top three for sure. My pick right now would be Mason McTavish. Connor Bedard is playing unbelievable, and we know just how good, I know you know how great he is. Uh, but McTavish is just a guy that, it, it feels unfair that he's in this tournament. It's like, why are they letting this like 26-year-old playing? In it looks tournament? like it doesn't. He, yeah, and you should see when he was like 18, he had like the biggest hair, biggest like beard. This guy looked like he was so much older. He's so physically mature, and then you look at how just dominant he plays. He's got a lot of experience already playing pro. He's, he's played in Switzerland. He's played, obviously, in the NHL, AHL played in the Olympics. So this guy's played in such a high-level competition. I think he's been great. But I, I, this is the part where I think we're going to start seeing Bedard kind of really show up. It's like a quiet game for Bedard. It's like a, one point. That's how good of a player he is. So, uh, But I, I'm picking McTavish right now. Is Mason McTavish a big deal in Ontario with hockey fans? Eh, it depends. It's kind of like in Ontario. It's like junior hockey is just not a big thing at all. It, it's kind of like you love the... It, you, know, you love the Leafs, or you love the Senators, and the OHL teams are not a huge thing. 
But when I got to see him play in Hamilton, people really appreciated him. I think because of, hey, we saw him at the World Juniors for a little bit. We saw him at the Olympics. This guy's a big deal. Uh, so he, he's a people. If you know who he is, you know he's going to be something pretty special. I find it incredibly hard to believe as a Western Canadian that junior hockey wouldn't be huge anywhere in Canada, but you enjoy coming out to Western Canada where it is a big deal. I do. I used to live in Calgary, so I love coming out here all the time. Uh, Alberta is one of my favorite places. I've been a lot of places out west. So hockey here, junior hockey here is awesome. It's so much cool. Like going to see a Calgary Hitman game is nothing like you'd see in the OHL. It's like it's a totally different experience. It's like watching an NHL game compared to like a Mississauga Steelheads game where there's like a thousand people. I, I commentated a Steelheads game where there was under a hundred people. So it's uh, OHL. Yeah. And I, I got, uh, I did a lot of my start in the OJHL too, where, you know, it's just, it, you, know, you just kind of hope there's enough people there at a game, but uh, it, it's something where, yeah, junior hockey's not a huge thing. Well, uh, while you've mentioned the OJHL, um, I have the obligatory, I have to pass along Jamie Nugabauer, the Elliot Friedman. Mm-hmm. Of the SJHL uh, said to say regards, said to say hey. We used to, yeah, we used to work for local blades together. So yeah, so there you go. He there, got my North York Rangers job too. So. From from Nugzi. Uh, oh, where's the time gone? We got to take a time out. Are you going to stick around for another? I've got lots of time. I get talking hockey and I lose track of time. Uh, we'll be right back. Stephen Ellis with us from the Hockey News. You're watching the RP Show live from Rogers Place at the World Junior Hockey Championships on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24 Hour Sports Radio streaming now at RodPeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Rogers Place, the place to be. Week two of the World Junior Hockey Championship uh, gets rolling today. A sports update before we go any further. The Toronto Blue Jays continue their six-day, six-game homestand with the opener of a three-game set against the Baltimore Orioles tonight. Toronto lefty Yusei Kikuchi will face righty Kyle Bradish. Kikuchi is 0-2 with a 9.00 ERA and two starts against the Orioles this season. Canadian tennis stars Lila Fernandez and Denis Shapovalov are both in action at the Cincinnati Open today. Fernandez, who fell in the second round of the National Bank Open in her return from injury, goes head-to-head with Ekaterina Alexandrova. Not bad, eh? Easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. You got it. Russian news agencies report that lawyers for American basketball star Brittany Griner have filed an appeal of her nine-year prison sentence for drug possession. She was convicted August 4th after police said they found vape canisters containing cannabis oil in her luggage in Moscow, which Griner admitted that she had in her luggage, but said she had no criminal intent. This sports update is for Edo Japan. Edo Japan, delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. And for River Cree Resort and Casino, they bring you the best in live entertainment. September 9th, Tim Hicks. 0 to 62 or 2022 with special guest Robin Ottolini delivering track after track with unparalleled quality and consistency. Hicks ascent as an elite chart topping act since making his country label debut in 2013 is undeniable. Check him out September 9th at River Cree. Stephen Ellis with us from the Hockey News. And you went to the ends of the earth to get up here. So I'm going to keep you for another segment. I really have you stopped sweating yet? You look far more comfortable. I, I, I felt fine from the start. <laughs> okay. It's I just, the, the, I, it's a, the certain, the, the staircases, if you're ever cold, just hide in there. It's hot. It is warm in there. Oh, yeah. That's where we go to warm up here at Rogers place, which I think the locals are getting quite a kick out of the fact that we're so cold here. 
as I've been reminded, it's a hockey rink, not a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. But still, wow. I guess it's the best ice in the NHL for a reason, right? And it's standing up very well. You've been doing all these interviews. Are they talking about the ice qualities here at all? Yeah, for the most part, like the players have good things to say. Like they're playing three games a day, which is not usual for the plus practices. Yeah, plus practices. So like they're this ice is used all day, every day. We haven't had a day off yet. And the ice is doing well. We saw Kent Johnson pulling off the, the lacrosse goal. And it's like, he did that late in the game of the second game of the day. Like, uh, late in the first period, that is, of the second game of the day. So, seems to be working out okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, Canada versus Finland today, 4 p.m. You're sort of covering this far more in depth than me. What's Canada's lineup going to look like for tonight? Obviously, they're going hard after a 4-0 Record. So they're, they're, they're dressing the big guns. Yeah, this is going to be kind of the full lineup. I'd expect Dylan Duran to be back in that, who's been awesome uh, for Canada. Uh, I, I couldn't honestly see any changes in the lineup. I thought Brendan Ottman looked really good on that top line. Joshua Waugh was on there for a little bit, and uh, they moved him down. Ottman coming up there and being like the physical force with Bedard and McTavish. Not that, you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but Bedard's been pretty physical himself in this yeah. series, in this, this uh, tournament, maybe more than usual. And uh, McTavish, we know just how physically strong he is. So uh, Canada's going to rely on that top line a lot, but I think the, the scoring depth will be key here. Uh, in the chat from some of our viewers, John in Winnipeg says, is there a hockey ring still in the West Edmonton Mall? There is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were figure skating in it there the other day. Hess Jan Hopson writes in, hi from Sweden. We should discuss uh, Sweden. Why not if we got viewers sure. in Sweden? Um, their game last night against the USA. What did you? What were your? What was your takeaway on that? My concern for this team, both last night and then kind of going forward, is how is this team going to score? Because Emil Andre's been their defenseman has been kind of scoring all the goals, and uh, uh, Jesper Wallstad, the goalie, after the game, he said, you know, like he, he was really hard. He said he like betrayed his team. It's like he made almost forty saves. He was the key player in that game. The reason why it was so close near the end, and um, the coach afterwards like, well, maybe he's got to score. Jesper Wallstad, when he was fourteen years old, scored the. Uh, he became the youngest player, regardless of position, to score in the Swedish U20 League. He beat out Victor Hammond. He's a goalie, so that's what's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Sweden just needs their big guns to score, and I don't feel like they're using those guys enough, but uh, we know they're a deep team. They're talented, and uh, they seem to do really well in the round robin and, and kind of fall apart in the metal round. They might do the opposite this time. Ted in uh, Red Deer says, Love the hockey talk. I think what this tournament is showing is the depth of junior hockey worldwide. Also, is the Michigan goal the same as a slam dunk in basketball? I guess. I don't know where I stand on the Michigan goal. Goalie union member here, card carrying, you too? Yep. If somebody tried that on me, I would stand up and slash him in the face. See, but that's just me. It's easy to say that and, until someone actually tries that on you and you don't expect it. I, it's The thing about it, when Ken Johnson did it was cool, but that was the third attempt of that day. <laughs> so it's almost becoming a little... Blase. Yeah. They can all do it now. It's mm-hmm. not special anymore, yeah. in my opinion. I can do it. <laughs> Caleb Sharp in the chat says Canada and USA for the finals. And he says, I want Austria to beat Switzerland. I feel like it's going to be a Canada-USA final, don't you? I originally said Canada-Sweden, but the way USA is playing, I would not want to face them right now. John in Winnipeg wants to know who's the best goalie in the tournament. And, uh, hey, I'm not an idiot. I stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I watch TSN. 
Mike Johnson said last night it's Sweden's goalie. Yeah. Yes, he's bro. the best goalie in the, in the tournament? He's, he's the best goalie in the tournament, probably the best goalie prospect in the world right now. Uh, he's, you know, a very active six foot six goalie, plays like a six foot three guy. And Carey Price is kind of the. Carey Price and like maybe really good Ben Bishop's kind of what we're looking at there. Mm. So uh, I like him. Uh, Jeff in Winnipeg says Rod Billy Smith Peterson. I learned that from my dad. Um, his My dad's teammates, because he is a goalie too. What his teammates, his defensemen said, don't stand in Jimmy's way because you're going to get it across the ankles, even if you're on the same team as him. Mm-hmm. Get out of get out the way. From the hockey god watching on YouTube, it says, who is an underrated player in this tourney? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to go with... I don't. I don't think you call him underrated because Carter Mazar, the the Detroit Red Wings prospect, he's scoring like he's crazy. Scoring, but yeah. he's a guy that I don't think a lot of people really looked that much. Uh, I'd say maybe Redmond Savage, a guy that uh, the the Americans kind of put in a, a bottom role, was kind of a shock to make the team. He's more of this grinder guy. He's been one of the best offensive players, generating a lot of the energy for the Americans. Okay, this is what we're gonna have to do. Can you stay one more segment? I could do whatever you want. Okay, thank you. Because there are a ton of questions coming in, and I'm not qualified to answer all of them. <laughs> You are. Stephen Ellis here from the Hockey News. We'll be back with a viewer takeover in a moment. You're watching the RP Show live from the World Junior Hockey Championship in Edmonton at Rogers Place on the Game Plus TV network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, clearly, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Back live at Rogers Place, which I still think is in the house that Wayne built, but probably Connor too. Yeah, it is the, the World Juniors Week 2 opening here today, or maybe Week 1 closing. I'm not sure. The quarterfinals opening up on Wednesday. Stephen Ellis is with us from the Hockey News, and coming up in Hour 2, Andrew Peard, the voice of the Oil Kings, but also the voice of Team Canada across the TSN Radio Network and NHL Radio is going to be with us, and Dean Ducky Millard. But this is what we call viewer takeover. We have a football question here from Phil in Dauphin, Manitoba, he's watching on Game Plus TV. He says, good morning. Thank God it's Monday because he wants to talk sports with us. He says, I'm trying to figure out what's more funny, the unnecessary Fajardo hate or the small fringe minority of fans that wanted Mike O'Shea fired for the loss against the Alouettes. Saskatchewan won their game and the Bombers only lost one. Move on and appreciate what you have. Go Bombers. One thing, I can't speak for Bomber fans, but I know in Ryder fans, they're not happy. Unless they're not happy. So if you realize that, it makes life a lot more easier to understand. So I appreciate Stephen Ellis sticking with us here uh, for one final segment. I said that you've got questions here that I can't answer. So I'm going to put them to you. Nelson, well, no, let me back up. BW here in Edmonton in the chat says, how strong is the German team? This is a German team that's not at full strength. They're missing some guys that decide not to play. But I'd say, you know what, this is something where you don't count them out. The Germans are a hardworking group. Uh, they've, they've kind of fought their way through this tournament, and I thought their performance against Austria, even though it was Austria, uh, kind of showed that this group has good goaltending, uh, solid defense, and maybe not going to score a lot, but Alexander Blanc is so much fun to watch. So uh, I don't think they're going to go far in this tournament, but they'll, they'll make some noise, I think. I'll tell you something. 
<clears throat> by the way, it was 2-0 last night uh, with the U.S. leading Sweden, and Serena said, oh, this one's over. And it really wasn't. It ended up 3-2, mm-hmm. but this is not typical junior hockey. This is far more closer to NHL hockey than junior hockey. There's not a lot of mistakes being made out there. In my mind. No, it's because like, a lot of these guys are going to be in NHL training camps yeah. in a few weeks. And I think right. that's kind of awesome. Yes. Uh, from Victor in the chat, says Coronto is going to be the dark horse for the U.S. Am I saying that right? Uh, Coronado. Coronado. Oh, he's, <laughs> he spelled it wrong. Okay. From Nelson, he says, as far as draft prospects go, whose stock is rising and whose is falling in this tournament? It's actually tough to say because there's about like five really first eligible uh, first year eligible players, and obviously Bedard's kind of doing what he's doing. The one they, the guy that's really not impressing me a lot is um, anyway his tournament's over is uh, Dalibor Dvorsky from Slovakia. We've seen him play some outstanding hockey, potential top five pick, and he didn't really do a lot for Slovakia. It was kind of like uh, of the young guys, he was not one of the players to watch. Adam Sakura was, so I'd say maybe if anyone kind of lost a bit, it'd be him. Uh, but if, if one guy really put his name on the map, Bruno Bruveras, the, the Latvian goalie, I don't think he'll get drafted, but every game he's played has been fantastic. He's played fantastic. great, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, you mentioned Chesia's goaltending is the reason Latvia is making the quarterfinal, but they played their backup against him yesterday. The well, kid that played against Canada was unconscious. So he's technically the backup. So Chanix, what, they were, they, because the game against Latvia was very important, so Jan Bednar, the Detroit Red Wings prospect, did not play very well. Okay, well, the other kid was amazing. He was very good. He played good. Well, he stopped every shot he faced last night, too. Yeah, right. Um, from Rick in the chat, he says, we've been to Rogers Place twice for a hockey and a Jack White concert. I'm going to say it's the best rink west of Toronto. Is there an equivalent hotel and restaurant to Calgary's Great Eagle in Edmonton? Yes, it's called the River Cree Resort and Casino, and I've got tons of friends and family that have come here and are staying there because of uh, their affinity for this show. So, River Cree, anytime you're in Edmonton, that's the place you want to go. Um, Andrew Stout says, Bonjour, Rod. I would like to know what Stephen thinks of the Habs draft picks this morning. Merci, Rod. Je t'aime, mon ami. Je t'aime aussi, Andrew. Uh, Habs prospects. Well, I was among the many that was shocked that Shane Wright didn't go first overall. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people say Shane Wright has like an attitude problem. I've, I've known him for many, many years. I could tell you that's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> Slavkovsky's. Slavkowski won the got the Olympic MVP award. This guy could shoot. He's going to be a really good player for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he's maybe not the most complete player in that draft, but he's got so much upside, and uh, I think that's something really exciting. And Philip Meshire was picked later. I really wish he was at this tournament. A uh, good fan, a good friend of Slavkowski. Yeah, maybe they play together at some point. I think that he's good. Uh, Lane Hudson. I was really hoping he played for the Americans. To me, that's my favorite pick in the entire draft. Uh, five foot eight defenseman that could, uh, I don't know, someday maybe put sixty points up a season. Hmm. So. Roy, he's a Habs prospect, is he not? Yep, Did yes. you mention him? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, no, I didn't. But uh, he's had an up and down World Juniors, I think. But obviously, he knows how to score. Why do you think he was taken off that top line? Uh, you know, he wasn't keeping up with them. I think uh, McTavish and Bedard are kind of at a different level, and uh, Roy is. Uh, he's a he's a finisher, but they didn't need him to be the finisher. They got two of those already. So you're bringing a guy like Ottman who could be a passer. Brent Ottman used to play with Shane Wright growing up, so he knows how to play with good quality players. I think that fit just made yeah. more sense. Uh, the, as Stephen Ellis said, the fun is just starting now here at the World Juniors. Buddy, <laughs> thanks so much for coming out. Absolutely. This has been great. Stephen Ellis Thank from the so Hockey much. News, Andrew Peard, and Dean Millard, and more with Serena next hour, right after this break here on Game Plus. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 